Welcome to The Jewelry District, a podcast by JCK Magazine and JCK Online. On today's bonus episode, JCK's Rob Bates and Victoria Gamelski will dive into some pre-show excitement for JCK Las Vegas with Yancey Weinrich, Senior Vice President at Reed. Hi, everyone. This is JCK News Director Rob Bates. And I'm here with JCK Editor-in-Chief, Victoria Gamelski. Hey, Rob. I'm so happy to be here. Glad to have you here. And we are also glad to have the legendary Yancey Weinrich, Senior Vice President of Reed Jewelry Group, which has the JCK Las Vegas show, Luxury. JCK Tucson. JCK Tucson, JIS, our, our publication. Certainly our magazine. Yeah, and much, much more. How long have you been with the show? I've been at Reed and with JCK for about 15 years, actually, this July. What was your first job at Reed? I started at Reed selling for luxury, actually. And I think luxury was in its fifth year at that time because we're celebrating 20. Right. Started selling for luxury and then working for Sarah Bachman, who's now the IVP on JCK. She went and took maternity leave and didn't really come back. So I took her role and then I hired her back as soon as I could. (laughs) I love it. It goes full circle. It does full circle. I love that. And you'd... You were at AGS before, right? I was, was at that, AGS. Was that your first jewelry job, AGS? It was. I started the American Gem Society as membership director in 1996, and from there went to MJSA and worked also for the Harmon Group. What interested you in working for AGS? It just <laughs> kind of, you were in Vegas and... Basically, I had relocated to Vegas. It wasn't my first career. I graduated from college and had, was in finance, actually, and knew I wanted to do something different, so moved to Vegas and answered an ad in the newspaper for the American Gem Society. And the rest, 22 years later, is kind of history. That's wild. I didn't know that. You had no idea what it did, I assume. I had no idea what the American Gem Society was, and I didn't even know really what an association was. So I learned all about the association business and the jewelry business and did a little bit of an internship at Benbridge Jewelers because I wanted to understand what was going on at the retail counter. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of fun. I did that about one night a week for about a year. In Vegas? In Vegas. I called her Bridge and said, I just want to understand what goes on at the retail counter. I said, can I intern for you? And he said, "Um, well, we really can't hire you as an intern, Yancey. I have to pay you $9 an hour. (laughs) So I worked. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) I did that for a year. And did you like it? It was cool. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely got to see what the consumer was looking at and different stories about different consumers coming in and looking at jewelry. It was was a good experience. Have you been going to JCK since the beginning? Yeah, but this will be my 22nd, 23rd show, I guess. So you've been to every show? Every show. Can you remember back to like the first JCK show that you went to? Because then it was uh, Jewelry 92 and it was just getting off the ground. But I think even from the beginning, it was huge. I guess my first show would have been 1996. So they'd been there for about four years. Right. So I remember it being the old Sands. I mean, they didn't have the Venetian or the Palazzo or or the shopping or the restaurants. I mean, it was just a convention center. So it was just a completely different, I mean, I guess it was two levels. I mean, it was just really exhibits, and we had a American Jump Study. We had a small booth, and we worked the show, and people were really thrilled with it and grew from there. What about the trade show business? Is there anything that really you find interesting or exciting? Or When I went to read and started working for luxury uh, on the luxury show, I thought, you know, I kind of know the jewelry business, but let me kind of learn the trade show business. And what I have loved about learning the trade show business and what I do love about it is watching an event come to life every year. So you, you there's always kind of like you guys with your magazine. Every month you're putting out a magazine, you see it come to life. So, I mean, I think that's really cool. I think the other thing that's really great, I mean, I think, you know, I've also taken on a couple of other portfolios. So I'm in golf now and, and the vision eyewear yeah. shows. And what I love is I'm talking to other people in those industries as well. 
and they're all entrepreneurs. And really the people that benefit most are the small to medium-sized companies that are building their business and building their brand through trade shows. And there's that group of people in every industry, and it's fun to watch them be successful. When I used to do shows, like performing, you, you know, right before you go on stage, you get that kind of like weird feeling and you think to yourself like, why am I doing this? Like, why, maybe I could just do something less stressful. Do you get that every year? Or every year. Yeah. Every year? It's about that time now, because I think we're about four weeks out where it starts to build. And then about three days before you leave for the show, you're like, I just want to be out there because I think I need to be there solving problems, but there's not really anything to do. It's definitely the calm before the storm. And then there's this, what's going to happen and how's it going to all shake out? Because you can plan all year long, but some things you can't right. plan for. It's all in the doing. I mean, this year is momentous because we are returning to the sands. And I remember my first JCK was the year 2000 and I was a complete newbie and I was staying across the street at Treasure Island. A good friend of mine had sort of unbeknownst to me, take it. I knew she'd taken a new job, but it ended up being a competitor to the company I had just been hired at. And they were both gem trading websites. Mine was gemkey.com and she was gemconnect.com. Oh, I remember gemkey. <laughs> yeah. Well, gemkey sort of had, went on to spawn a few other things, including in-store magazine. But I remember Vegas being this great meeting place for all kinds of people. And the fact that a dear friend of mine had just gotten a job. She had not come from a jewelry or gem background in any way, and nor had I. And here we both got jobs and ended up in Vegas for the first time. And we were a little tense with each other because we were working for competitors. And we went and hashed things out at, you know, one of the bars in Vegas. I'll never forget that because it felt like this place where you could do business, but also there was such a great social aspect to it that I'm really excited about the return to the sands and I'd love to hear your thoughts about it because to me that was part of the thing that um, maybe was missing a little bit in the last few years, just this great energy that people remember about the sands and about the Venetian and certainly I reflect on it because it was like this place where I could just hash things out in the evening and hit the floor in the morning. And it was uh, just a very good memory. What do you re remember about the old Vegas and the old sands? I'm glad you brought that up. It's one of the things that we're most looking forward to is the ability for that after hours business or after hours fun or just the networking, which is such an overused word, but at the campus where we're going back to the Venetian and the Palazzo and I mean, between all of the restaurants and the casino floor and the nightclubs and I mean, there's something for everybody and there's a party going on anywhere and you can either, you know, be partying it up or be having a great dinner with friends. The other thing that I love is as we've become somewhat veterans in this business, is watching the next generation come up. And so people that are part of AGS Young Title Holders or Gen Next or IDCA or all these groups that are getting together, they've never experienced it. So we're going to get a new burst of energy through their eyes of coming back to this property that just lends itself to everything. Absolutely. So can you walk us through the decision process when you decided, okay, we're going to go back to the Sands? You know, when we went to Mandalay Bay, it was the right decision at the right time because, you know, at that time, Sands was trying to put room rates at $599 a night. They hadn't made any improvements in the facility. So we made the decision to go to Mandalay. And for the first two or three years, I mean, they rolled out the red carpet and we had a yes attitude and everything was great. But I think our industry being so social and face-to-face -face and relationship-based, people were missing that aspect of the after hours, right? And, mm -hmm. and the ability to be together. So we started to hear from our customers of when are we going back to the sands? When are we going back to the sands? And honestly, we didn't really have an opportunity to go back to the sands. It was really 
and we have other shows that we put on at the Sands of Venetian, but our time frame and our demands and the amount of time that it takes us to move in the show and move the show out, it's not a great business model for them. So we started knocking on their door probably 18 to 24 months before we got a deal done. And that was three years ago. So this has probably been going on the conversations and then signing the contract for four or five years. So we're excited. We're four weeks out and this has been really building. They were a little mixed on having us back at first? Absolutely. I mean, I think we're in a prime time for them. Like I said, it's complicated not to get, you know, bore you with all the details, but the amount of time that we need to move in the show, four, five, six days, doesn't fill hotel rooms for them. And so, you know, it's a business model for them. And so it was really looking to figure out a model that worked for them and worked for us. And over the last two years that we've been planning and out there four or five, six times a year, we've built really nice relationships and they are very thrilled to have us back at this point. I think our customers are going to be happy and I think the Venetian Sands will be happy with us too. And we know that the Sands has been remodeled. You know, we all have fond memories of the place, but, you know, the lower level looked like a garage and the uh, bathrooms could perhaps use an upgrade uh, back in the day. That's None of that's an issue anymore, right? Well, the lower level is still the same height ceiling just to manage right, expectations, right. but it's been completely renovated. Air conditioning, to your point, bathrooms. For those of us that remember the old smoky blockhouses, those are all now renovated with escalators going up and down within the two halls. So none of that's an issue anymore. Completely new lobby, new restaurants. I mean, it will feel the same in some ways, but it'll be much different in a lot of ways. On a scale of one to 10, as far as difficulty, how difficult has it been to move the show? Because our customers wanted it, that's been an easy part. So we have had an overwhelming response and we're sold out from an exhibit floor standpoint. All of our key pavilions are with us, our key contingents, whether it be the Italians, Hong Kong, Plum Club, our luxury group, they're all with us. So from a customer standpoint, it's been easy. But if you can imagine putting together a jigsaw puzzle with 2,000 pieces, that takes a lot of time. And, and placing and drawing a floor plan and putting that jigsaw puzzle, that that's a lot of work. And my team has been amazing and worked with customers one-on-one to ensure that we have done the best that we possibly can to get them into the right spots in the right places. I mean, one of the things we did when we went to Mandalay Bay is we created this neighborhood concept and now shows all, all around the world are kind of copying that. And hmm. we hired someone from the outside that gave us that idea and it's worked really well. So to go back... And keep our same neighborhoods made it a little bit easier. But who was going to be upstairs? Who was going to be downstairs, which they remembered was a garage, to use your words. But that's been completely renovated. So a lot of conversations, a lot of, you know, working with people to make sure that they're comfortable with it. One of the things that was a real hit during the Mandalay days that I'd like to hear how you're sort of recreating it is, of course, the Sunday night party that we used to do at the beach. So there's a Sunday night party this year as well, and it's at Tau, right? Mm-hmm. So what's that going to be like? Is that going to be all it's gonna be thousands awesome. of people? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's really going to be amazing. I mean, for those of us that were at the Sands back in the day, Tau was there, and that was the hot spot where if you wanted that late night, that was where you were ending up. So not only are we doing our Sunday night party there after JFC, the Jewelers for Children, but they'll partner with us. So we're taking the entire nightclub plus the beach. And so I think it should be a rockin' party on that last night. Oh, I forgot there's a beach in the Tau, Tau Beach. Well. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. So that'll be really, it, it should be a, a lot Those of fun. Hot Vegas nights. I yeah. Love it. <laughs> Let your hair down, relax a little. Yeah, absolutely. Anything you're really psyched about that people don't know about? We're excited about the exhibitors being excited. And I say that because they're launching new product. We have new retailers coming. 
We have, like I said, this younger group that has never been there that's going to bring a new burst of energy. But we definitely have a couple of more surprises up our sleeve that will be announced in the next week or two. I'm personally excited about some dinners. We ran an article in the March-April issue of JCK where we have a freelancer who's a really wonderful travel writer based in San Francisco who spends a ton of time in Las Vegas. And the new restaurants not only on campus, so to speak, but also in some of the, you know, neighboring hotels or across the way. I mean, they just sound so fun. And I was invited to Mott 32, which is this Hong Kong, like, legend that's, uh, I think, at the Palazzo. It's at the Palazzo. I'm actually hosting 30 close friends, customers there one night and in one of their private rooms. It's phenomenal. On Saturday night? Uh, Thursday night. Oh, okay. So so (laughs) I'll be there on Saturday. Yeah, it's awesome. You will have a great time. Get the Peking duck. But you have to order that like two days in advance. I would suggest you order. (laughs) My goodness. If you're a fan of podcasts, you know that listener reviews is what helps make them possible. Help spread the word. Please rate, review, and subscribe to The Jewelry District on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And now, back to the show. Do you, do you have anything that you really love to do in Vegas? I mean, you live there, you've been there. I mean, usually when I'm in Vegas now, I'm working. But there are some amazing shows going on out there right now. I mean, I don't know if anyone's seen absinthe or lady gaga will be there when we're there you saw lady gaga i saw gaga wow i know so i mean there's some amazing shows it's top talent top restaurants i mean you can't really go wrong i heard sting just signed uh to do a residency starting in 2020 wow i hadn't heard vegas yeah in vegas so yes to right it's not the old days of um you know of b and c level talent it's top talent now this is this is top yeah Having done the show so many times, do you have like a certain way that kind of gets you through it? Not that it's, you know, it's, <laughs> as we all know, it can, it's a little bit. Taxing. It, yeah, it's taxing. It's, yeah, a, it's a lot of work. I mean, you know, it's working th- day and night. These are silly personal things that I do, but honestly, I have my morning and evening outfit laid out, written out and laid out before I get there. It's like calendar, written out, really? hung up in order, <laughs> shoes in order, because there's not I a lot it. of time either. You know, I just take it all in. I mean, I think the great thing about a trade show is best laid plans and you're, it, something happens and you meet someone new or you learn about a new product or you meet somebody new and your day goes awry. And I think you have to leave your mind open to discover all of that. But yeah, I'm very well organized. I mean, I think everyone's seen the shoe postings that started out. I mean, oh, yeah. ha- all, we all bring all the shoes. It's and like a meme your, your, now. <laughs> exactly. So that's sort of my routine. I mean, I'm up at five. Try to get to bed by midnight and so do you sleep your business. Five, five hours a night. Then. Yeah, it's five hours a oh, night. You come home God. and crash. Oh, Although I think 15 years ago, it would be out much later. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there wasn't Probably social better. media to track your, yeah. exactly. your exactly. degrading evening as, in, <laughs> <laughs> as so, you got demolished. Yes. Or not you. Perhaps me. It, one, <laughs> in one in general. <laughs> Thank you. Anything really different that we, sh- we should be expecting besides obviously the different venue? The different venue, but we've added the security neighborhood. We've got the global gemstone neighborhood, which is a combination of many of the old AGTA members, but also a real international flair. So people can buy closer to the source. You'll recognize many of the neighborhoods. The floor plan will look different. We've got, you know, really exciting education and content. We're really amping that up because we feel like, you know, JSK is not just a trade show anymore. You've got to have content and and experience. And so you'll see um, new experiences. We're going to a lot more digital 
type signage, getting rid of some of our print, you know, the old show show uh, show directories. I mean, we're really just trying to modernize the whole experience. Kate, I think, told me that at Luxury, you're doing a different kind of experience every day or you're having, ex- I forgot what the name what was the term retail she used? retail store experience? Yeah, retail store experience. She said every day there's going to be some kind of unusual thing, and she couldn't even really describe what it was because she said it's so different every day. Well, I can tell you what we did last year, so I can give you the concept. So yeah, we're teaching retailers how to create events in their store that will bring people in for something maybe other than jewelry, and then of course jewelry becomes part of the conversation. So last year we did a, a dry bar where we you know blow dried women's hair and. I did. We did exactly. We did a great. We did, I think, a cupcake evening, or you know, make cupcakes. We did a manicure type thing, but just teaching retailers how to be creative and unique and different and innovative in their stores to draw people in. Because we all know, I mean, we just walked by the Oculus coming over here, but you just look through the windows and everything's trying to be different in there. Just the experience matters. Farmers market in the Oculus two days ago, selling apples and cheeses at the foot of the World Trade Center. You know, so. It was cool to see that. Absolutely. When you look at Basel World and some of the things that are happening over there, what do you see as the future of trade shows? Obviously, that had that was a show that had its own specific issues. But do you look at that and you say, this is what we can't be or this is how we need to evolve? You know, obviously, to your point, Basel had unique issues. And I think it had was specific to their industry, specific to things that were happening in the city and all kinds of things that we could debate all day long. I think as a company, Reed Exhibitions is feeling more bullish about face-to-face than ever. I mean, I think that while shows may not be as large and there's consolidation in a lot of industries, those that are taking time out of their stores in any industry to come to a show are looking for value. And so how are we going to add value? I mean, we talk all the time about adding more content, adding experience, layering in digital and data so that it's more personalized experience so that when you're walking in, you're not just like the old days walking up and down aisles to see what you might find new, although that, we're not suggesting not to do that. But people are coming into our show and they're telling us in advance that they're looking for these three products and we're giving them 10 recommendations of companies that may carry that product that they should check out. So it becomes... You know, it's going to look different, but face-to-face in these days, in our opinion, is more important than ever. Especially in this industry. Especially people in people like this to industry. hang out in this industry, as you know. <laughs> they like to hang out, and the trust and the relationship piece is critical, more so in jewelry than anything that I see. Have you thought about trying to get more consumer interest as far as the JCK show? More media coverage and uh, well, more consumer press? Well, yeah. I think, you know, I think um, the only way that we're all going to grow as an industry is to have the category to grow, right? And the category to grow has to start with the consumer. So we need to all be engaged in how do we get the consumer to the store? Then that makes the entire industry flourish. Specifically consumers at JCK, probably not in the near future. We've talked about testing that kind of market in Tucson where it's a smaller market and you have consumers walking through there. It's all kinds of opinions around that. And so you have to, you know, sort of tread lightly. We're looking at it in our golf space as well as how do we bring consumers in to test equipment. And I mean, I think there's a play for it, but it might be digital. And I don't know that you would, that we as a marketplace would want to disrupt the industry where we're bringing consumers in to buy directly or, or look directly from manufacturers. I don't think that's our role on the market. 
How about, let's say, consumer press or consumer media? Absolutely. I mean, that's a big focus of ours. We think that with announcements like De Beers made last year with Lightbox and they'll probably, I know, huge. That was picked up by, you know, Financial Times. They typically will write an article on JCK, but we're looking to make sure that those announcements or do whatever we can to control those announcements are made at JCK because then it gets the consumer media involved. The consumer media obviously will help get jewelry more exposure to the consumer. So, you know, the other thing we do is we, as you know, have the JCK Industry Fund and we give back and that shift in focus has been to give back to organizations that are driving consumers to the counter. I mean, it's a huge focus of ours. I mean, that will make this whole industry flourish. When is the next round of recipients announced? We just announced in January. And so we typically review grants in December and then announce in January. That's a great, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We've given back, I think, over $6 million. And um, now we have the exhibitors involved as every exhibitor has the option to give $100 with their booth. And so we've raised about $115,000 through that aspect of it. So that'll all go back to the industry as well. And will there be any celebrities this year or? uh... We are not bringing in a celebrity as far as entertainment, like we did with the Maroon Fives and Rob Thomas's and and all of those, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. I know. That's Um, great. We found that when we used to be at the Sands, the entertainment really became, you know, was the property. We'll see how that all all goes. I mean, next year, I think we're celebrating our 30th year for JCK show. So maybe we'll bring somebody back. I have favorite memories. Not, nothing I can really talk about, but I know. <laughs> Do you have any favorite JCK well, memories? One of the highlights that people still talk about was Maroon 5. I will say yeah. that was awesome, but it was one of the most stressful things, events that we had ever put on. I mean, the crowds were incredible and why was it stressful just because dealing with them or? Uh... No, not dealing with them. I mean, they were great. It was, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I people started lining up. It was first come, first serve. And it was, right, right, people right. started lining up at like capacity. six in the morning. <laughs> and, you know, capacity was 5,000 and we were 10,000 people waiting to get yeah. in the door. So it was lessons, lessons well learned. But people still talk about Maroon 5. And Bruno Mars, I mean, we got him for, I won't tell you the number, but it was low six figures because we got him on the upswing before he'd won his Grammy. And now he's, you know, over, well over a million dollars to to get him. So, and people talk about Bruno Mars. So those were awesome times. I mean, to your point, Rob, I have a lot of those stories too that I'm not going to share here on, the, <laughs> on this podcast, but. Uh, <laughs> Do you gamble at all or? Uh, not while I'm at JCK. I, I just don't have the time. But have you? I have gambled. Yeah. I do. I, I like a good video poker machine. It's a good stress reliever. <laughs> I'm a roulette gal myself. And do, do you have, other than the Venetian, do you have a favorite hotel? I mean, beyond that, Aria is amazing. Bellagio is yeah. great for its, you know, sort of traditionalism. But I mean, there's so, so many great properties, really. But Venetian Palazzo, if you're going to be there for business and have to stay for a long time, really is the most spacious. There's something about that floor and the, I, I don't know how the bars have changed, but the floor on the on the casino in the Venetian where you just feel like it's a CNB scene quality and people are laughing and they're in great moods. Who doesn't like fake Venice, right? <laughs> there you go. Well, Bridge exactly. Size. Who doesn't yeah. like, fa- I mean, there's a couple of um, great spots centrally located in each casino, the Venetian and the Palazzo. I mean, you've got every shop that you need. So if you forgot something or you just feel like getting out and of course there's the gambling and then anything else that you can find along the way. Are the, most of the industry people staying in the Venetian, as far as you know? We have five, 6,000 rooms, and we're going to you know, get close to filling our room block, but we bring 30,000 people. So probably Treasure Island, Mirage, but that central area. Mm-hmm. We're all excited about going back. What do you want people to come away from? 
I want them. I want them to be inspired, excited, go back to their store and feel ready to take their stores to the next level. Whether it be they met someone new that taught them something new, they learned something new, or most importantly, they found some new vendors and bought some new product. I talked to a gemstone dealer who was bringing the craziest gemstones to his booth in Evan Kaplan in the Global Gemstone neighborhood. Honestly, stuff you'll never find anywhere else. So if, you, if you're not going to show up at JCK, you're going to miss out on some well, cool, cool things. I think if you're part of the industry, you have to be at JCK and Jewelry Week that's going on. I mean, there's, there's so much to see and do, but we, we feel really fortunate to have everything under one roof. Amen. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Yancey. Thank you. Thank you. The (laughs) legendary Yancey Weinreich. Thanks for listening to The Jewelry District. I'm Natalie Comet, the producer of the podcast. Our editor and engineer is Levi Sharp. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. We hope you join us next time on The Jewelry District by JCK. 